Here we go. Happy Friday once again, Nudge fans. We are back after a week-long hiatus. Oh, God, it felt good. Um, but it's good to be back on the horse again. I'm Phil Bean. I'm here with Mac underscore Gamble. What's going on, Mac? Not too much. This is, I feel like, my Phoebe moment from Friends where, I, as you all can tell, I'm a little bit sick. <laughs> and I'm hoping this just does wonders for my voice through podcasting. Like, hopefully this sounds better. And it reminds me of the Friends episode when Phoebe gets sick in her music career takes off. So maybe the same thing's going to happen here. Oh man, it's, it's going to happen. I can feel it. Um, <clears throat> I think you sound excellent. Um, especially kind of baritone, deep and dramatic. Um, I think you were meant for this medium and this is your moment. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've been told my voice is my best asset. So we're going to run with it. We'll see what happens. <laughs> All right. Uh, a man can dream. Um, so it's been a good, I should say it's been a good two weeks this time around. Um, had a lot of good stuff going on. Um, interesting stuff going on in the world. Uh, so that's relevant to online people trying to launch online programs, monetize online programs. One of our favorite uh, payment collection platforms, Stripe, launched a new thing, which is, I think, kind of a bit of a game changer. Um, I think it's safe to say. Um and one of the, I mean, one of the, it's no secret. One of the things that people struggle with the most is figuring out how they're going to collect payments for their programs, getting up and running and Stripe. For those of you who don't know, big payment collection platform, um, primarily initially targeting kind of developers, right? Um, they had kind of a low code solution though, seven lines of code. You can basically drop a checkout, um, for, um, both, uh, one-time payments, but also like to set up subscription payments right on your website, uh, but they just rolled out payment links, which basically lets you generate a full checkout process or generate just a link that will send someone into a really nice checkout process uh, for whatever um, you know product or payment plan you want to put them on. You can configure that, um, generate a link, send them with that link to a checkout process. So you, I think the way that they introduced it, you can even imagine not even having a website and be able to, being able to text message someone this link and they check out right there. Um, but the uses for this are just kind of endless. So it's pretty exciting for you know us, for a lot of the people that we work with that have kind of struggled with this problem and get a lot of questions around this problem. Like yeah, this. I think game changing is is absolutely accurate because they've they've kind of now bypass the the need to try to embed something within a website so i think there's no reason now for for you know everyone could be shifting to this i think the the days of maybe trying to use uh you know paypal or venmo in different ways you know some of the more consumer centric ways to kind of collect payments as a business i think they're now behind us anyone can just go to stripe create an account and share links now yeah, they're doing interesting stuff. I mean, even to the point where like you can, there's a process in Stripe. I can't remember what it's called. You can literally put in information and start a business through Stripe. It's the craziest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, I think one of the things too, it's so powerful here too, Stripe has, there's so many platforms that have been built on top of Stripe at this point for all different facets of running a business, uh, such as like Dunning. We use a platform called Bear Metrics to kind of help us with Dunning and <clears throat> have our analytics dashboards. And there's countless others that do little bits and pieces um, where now you've kind of just blown the door off that anyone who's first getting started can be easily using Stripe and then easily using these other systems. 
to really, I think, augment a lot of their business practices. Kind of incredible. Yeah. So it's amazing what you can do. Um, so check that out. It's Stripe Payment Links. Um, you can go to stripe.com. I'm sure there's a relatively easy way to find it. But if you Google Payment Links or Stripe Payment Links, you ought to be able to find it pretty easily. Um, I'm a big fan. We're big fans. We're going to be pushing it on folks um, who have questions about collecting payments because I just think it's the easiest way to get up and running yep. at this point in a kind of official business tool fashion. Uh, so excited about that. I think that's kind of, I mean, it sounds simple, but I think that's kind of big news for kind of small businesses coming up with their online programs. And yeah, I'm actually launch. surprised it hasn't gotten more attention. I saw something about it on Product Hunt probably a week or two ago. And then I feel like it really hasn't been in the news as much as I felt like it should be because I think it is pretty, pretty monumental for small businesses. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> no doubt. Um, well, happy someone is on the side of small businesses these days. Thank you, Stripe. Um, I'm, so I'm currently in a wrestling match with Apple over developer program stuff, um, kind of on and off. So that's not a shot fired at Apple. Just saying I'm currently in a wrestling match. <laughs> that don't always seem helpful, but we'll, <laughs> we'll get back on track. Anyway, I digress. So getting into kind of, I think the, the Stripe payment links, like that launching and just kind of highlighting the ability of like these different tools, these, these bits and pieces that if you're kind of an enterprising person or business launching a new online program, you can really piece together a nicer and nicer and nicer client experience uh, from start to finish for these programs. Um, a lot of times based on a lot of the stuff you already have, if you've already been developing some content. And I wanted to kind of dig into that a little bit today and talk through some of the, the kind of different shapes and forms that takes because, you know, one of the things we, for example, for us at, at Nudge Coach, one of the things we get pushback on a lot with our platform is like, oh, but it doesn't integrate with X, Y, or Z, right? And it, and it could be a somewhat obscure platform. It could be a really popular platform. And of course, you know, we're, you know, a, a small but growing, fast growing company building out more and more stuff like that to make things easier. But I think it's important for people to hear that an integration, like a, a deep technical integration is not always required to create a good experience. There are a million workarounds with the way that these platforms are building really simple solutions like a payment link to where, you know, no platform really has to have a Stripe integration now if you can just drop a link that creates a nice checkout process for you to be able to use it effectively with clients and collect payments. Am I, am I on the right track with that, you think, Mike? Yeah, I think the, the term integration has been I don't know, consumerized is maybe a good way to put it. And uh, I, I think there's definitely a time and a place for, for integrations, not saying there's not like, you know, our platform, you can sync in data from mobile health apps and other platforms like that. But to your point, not, not everything requires an integration. And I think what we're seeing now is a lot of link-based experiences. And what's nice is within systems like ours or others, you can typically embed links within you know, pretty little buttons that make it feel like it's all one experience. And so I think we look at companies like Stripe, look at companies like Calendly. Um, I think Acuity Schedule is another one I've, I've kind of seen recently. Um, yeah, I, I think this day and age, link-based experiences are really opening the door to very seamless client experiences that don't actually require technical integration. 
Yeah. And I think, I think, you know, people are more comfortable with this just thinking about their website, maybe. So take a step back, think about when you're figuring out how to get a website set up on Wix, on Squarespace, on, it depends on how long ago you did it, you might be using different tools. Mm -hmm. But, you know, one of the things you figure out is that, hey, I can create a button here, a nice little, you know, um, section of a website that looks like a kind of productized offering or just even just a, a button as a nice way to hold a link. And if I have a link that goes into a nice native feeling process, it feels like I just built out a real, you know, experience right there. And that carries over to the different platforms you're using with clients too. Um, so I think it's kind of a next phase that's coming up that people are going to figure that out. Um, but I think one of the important points this brings up for me is to not let, you know, when it comes to your, like translating that to your online programs, not waiting for every bit of magic to happen behind the scenes so that you can launch something, but taking what you have and, and putting it in play, finding ways to be a little bit resourceful and, and, and using what you got to get something out there and, and ship something and get it in front of people. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think typically when we're getting, <clears throat> getting people up and running that we work with, it, you don't have to start by rebuilding everything. And I think that's kind of yeah. maybe a misconception that some folks have out there when they're going online, it's like, okay, everything has to be new. Well, no, that's not generally the case. You're probably using something right now that's going to translate at least somewhat well as you take your, your offering more online or programming online. I think good examples are maybe you're already using Calendly for booking. That's yep. something you can weave into some of your content flow or in your, your touch points to kind of still allow use of a system like that. Um, so there's, I think it's more of just how you elegantly connect different pieces to create a nice client experience. And that doesn't mean you have to have something totally new. I also sometimes get nervous about yeah, systems that say they can do everything. I feel like it's very, very rare. Someone can be good at everything. So that usually makes me a little bit nervous. So you may already be using something or have, you know, bits and pieces of different tools you're using or content that that's going to translate nicely. Absolutely. And one of the opportunities here is there an incredible amount of existing like programs that have been launched and built in different ways in the past that have been run using, you know, pen and paper and PDF. And I wonder if those things, like we should all take a step back and take a look at that and say, all right, how do we start repurposing this and delivering this better online and remotely? And a platform like Nudge is a great opportunity to do that. You just have to sometimes think beyond a formal integration to make that possible. Um, for example, yesterday on our, on our office hours, we do an office, office hours session every Thursday at noon Eastern time um, to walk through basically you know, one or two specific things in the platform, just some best practices, sometimes some workarounds like this. But, um, you know, we walked through basically how if you're using a file sharing service, for example, this is another example of like taking advantage of a link based thing. This sounds super simple, but I promise not a lot of people have been thinking of it without us bringing it up. Say a Dropbox. Do you use Dropbox and you have all your files there and you've been running programs for years and you have a bunch of valuable PDFs uh, floating out there? You can generate a share link with Dropbox and just drop that into a nice pretty little button. And that feels like a native experience in a online program, in a coaching app, in whatever that you're delivering those, those materials through. So it doesn't necessarily require some type of, of deep integration. If you can just grab that link and turn it into something that looks nice, it's going to feel good. Yeah. I think a lot of 
people kind of get intimidated when they start thinking about the transition or trying to launch a new program because they think they have to take all of their content and all of a sudden build into another platform, mm-hmm. which to your point, you usually don't have to start there. I think there's some really lightweight ways, you know, you're probably using something like a Dropbox or Google drive. I think it's a great starting point. You know, I think realistically, if you can just, you know, connect to those content pieces and organize them in the right way and use some kind of automation to at least kind of weave them into the, to tell like a cohesive story or some kind of, you know, have a journey for the client. You really don't have to build everything. So I I think it is a common misconception. I think more people should take a step back, look at what they currently have and see how, you know, if they feel like it, is it, is it creating a nice experience or is it not? If it's not, maybe then look to replace it or migrate to something else. But if you feel like it's creating an elegant experience for your clients, no reason you can't keep using that. Yep. Yep. So if you, uh, back to the PDF example, if you just have PDFs lying around, you may be thinking, well, this is kind of clunky. If I try to deliver this through an app, um, well, if it's in a button, you tap on it and you open it up. Yeah. It might be a little hard to read, but keep in mind that with built-in tools and on iPhones and Android phones, a person can just tap on that and email it to themselves if they can't read it right there. Mm-hmm. Um, now, is it better maybe to, to adjust the formatting for mobile? Yes, but you might not easily have some resources handy that you can do that quickly. So, you know, repurposing that for mobile just looks like putting together a summary description in the card itself, adding a button um, to open the full PDF. And that kind of allows the, the skimmer to get something uh, from the little summary you put together on the card itself. And then they can dive, those people who are more interested can dive deeper into that full PDF. So it doesn't take hours and hours of work to translate. Um, another example is if you have a bunch of audio content, just a, a bunch of recordings of yourself talking about certain topics, those are things that could be dropped into something like a Dropbox, Google Drive and generate a link. And you just tap on it and you can play it right there. It's, it's amazing what you can do with some simple solutions if you just have kind of some basic tricks to fall back on, I think. I think another example here, a lot of, uh, a lot of people use Typeform. You know, you can, yeah. you can do assessments and a lot of different platforms, but no one's probably going to create a nicer, elegant questionnaire experience than Typeform. So yeah. I think a lot of organizations we see still use that because they feel like it is the best experience. It's putting your best foot, best foot forward. So I think that's another good example of if you feel like that's working and it's working well and it's helping clients kind of get through it in an easy way. No, no real need to change if you feel like you're, you're, you know, still delivering what you feel like is an appropriate service. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great example. So, and that's something that, you know, this may get even into trying to be over-reliant on a single system in some regards. It fits in with the theme for sure, but, you know, yes, you can create an assessment inside our platform, inside the Nudge platform that doesn't necessarily mean it's the best place to create that detailed assessment, for example, because if you do want to add, ask some deep questions in some different ways in elaborate ways where there's follow-up questions, there's long form questions, all that stuff. And it's a one-time assessment, say up front, as you're getting started with someone to get to know them a little bit better. I mean, the Nudge platform might not be the best place to build that. In fact, I can tell you, it is not the best place to build that. It's really well suited to that ongoing relationship and ongoing tracking, simplifying that habit formation and all that and the coaching relationship. But, you know, if you have a better tool and you already have that assessment built out in something like a type form, find an elegant way to, to 
take advantage of that. And again, with Typeform, every form that you build there, you can generate a share link and you can drop that into a nice button in an app. Um, so there are always elegant ways to do this. Um, and I think people should take, take advantage of the materials they have. Um, it, it, just having that mindset, I think, makes program creation so much less daunting. I think people put a lot of pressure on themselves when it comes to program creation. Yeah, I think there's, is it, is it maybe people think a program has to, every piece be in the same system? Do they fake a program? Um, you know, does this content have to look a certain way or feel a certain way? I, I think that question sometimes takes people in directions that, uh, drives a lot of anxiety. And I think it's something where, to your point, if you already have some good content pieces together, look for ways in which you can tie it together and distribute it to a client that's going to feel nice to them. And it could be as a simple starting point, we see this a lot. Um, person just using email automation, maybe as a starting point, Hey, I've got these several content pieces, or I've got my content library in Dropbox. I'm going to have an email automation in place. That's going to deliver these over a period of time to my client. I think that is a really nice starting point if you're first getting into this. And then I think over time, you can look for better ways to distribute that content. That's where maybe something like a, you know, a coaching platform maybe be better suited. Um, or maybe you want to have your content in a different way. Maybe you find you want to do video content versus more kind of written word. Who knows? But I think start with something that's simple and easy for you to keep up with. And then there's you can kind of upgrade system by system as you progress. This is really funny, but I literally just opened Instagram. Sorry for you, you guys on the podcast. You aren't going to be able to see this, but our friend Kathleen Legress um, just posted reminder progress over perfection. I feel like that encapsulates <laughs> yeah. what we're talking about really well. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I, you, you'd be amazed how many people I talked to who were like, hey, I want to get started with you all, but I've got to get all these pieces together first. And it's, you know, sometimes I, I kind of scratch my head. I'm like, you know, it seems like people always feel like, Hey, I've got to have this really nice website. I've got to have all this. It's like, well, you can, but that may not actually be relevant for your business and how you attract clients. So yeah, it's just kind of funny what people feel like they need to have in place first and foremost before successfully or effectively launching an online coaching program. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Your content doesn't all need to be in a, in a certain form. Here's, here's my checklist for you. I'm doing this off the top of my head. So if it's, you know, not perfect, yeah, bear with me. We're going for progress over perfection here. Um, where are you taking your clients? Do you know the answer to that? That's probably a box you need to check. How are they going to get there? Use your content to tell that story in whatever form it's in, and you got this cooked. <laughs> we can we can get into the details of how you're going to onboard them and be really effective communicating up front and learn how to coach remotely and all that good stuff, engage people remotely. Um, but really, if you're hung up on program creation, answer the question with your content, organize your content in a way that, that answers the question, where am I taking my client and how am I getting them there? And you have a program that you can start delivering and getting feedback on and getting people through. So yeah, I, I think that's, that's about as, as succinctly as I can summarize it. Yeah, absolutely. No, I think you're, you're spot on with that. Um, so I think as you're kind of taking a step back, don't overdo it. I think start with the basics, start simple, one piece at a time. And I think as you get feedback, you'll figure out which pieces need to be enhanced, modified, or refined. I think we see that 
so often, like I said, so many people maybe come to us, they're using email automation as a starting point. Maybe they're even still using text message in certain ways. Um, a lot of Google Drive, a lot of Dropbox, a lot of Stripe, PayPal. You can still create really nice experiences with those, you know, desperate sources, if you will. So, yeah, man, you sound great, Mac. I'm loving this. Um, so, one thing I'll mention, just since we're on this topic, we have been piloting a done-for-you programming uh, option. Just so you guys know, so ping us if you listen to this and have questions about that. We'd be happy to talk about it. We're not rolling it out full bore yet, um, so I'm not promising that if you reach out, we're gonna you know jump in and build you a program from scratch. But um, we have you know our, our coaching team that we've been collaborating collaborating with. We have Sarah Phillip, who's an awesome coach on the team. Um, who we've been working with on this. So a lot of fun working through that pro- process. But what I want from for you guys listening to this as well is not to put so much pressure on yourself and think that it has to be in some exact format in order for you to launch because that's just not, not necessarily the case. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it is interesting though, you know, as we're talking about this, if I think it is one of those things where it sometimes, like we said, can be overwhelming. Um, if you do feel like you're at that point where you say, Hey, I do want to shift everything over. I think the hope is that we can eventually have all those resources in place to help you make the full migration over, but don't think you have to, to be successful. I know plenty of people that have very low tech pieces in place, or they're just using a handful of different systems. They feel connect really, really well. And it creates a really nice experience for the client. So put the client first. That's the big takeaway. In 2021, the year of the client experience, it's important to put the client first. It is important to do that. Um, I was wondering if I was going to get that into this episode or not. We did it. Uh, it. What else you got, Mac? I think that's the main thing around like the, I guess that's all all I need to say around kind of the idea of using different systems and using um, in kind of that starting point. I think just get started. It's like any, it's like any business, just get started, start doing it. If you're working with clients right now, maybe take that first, uh, you know, start engaging a client, you know, remotely or in between sessions. Um, beyond that, I think that's one of the biggest things that came up over the past couple of weeks. And granted with the holiday weekend, we had less calls over the past week and a half. So, um, yep. No, it's a really good point. And, um, yeah, I mean, if, if you get your program up and running in its basic form and it's looking good and you're getting buy-in from clients, then you can come and talk to us about white labeling an app and doing some done for you programming. We can really shape it up with you. But um, the message here is to, to get started, whatever Kathleen, our friend Kathleen said on Instagram, progress over perfection, shout out Kathleen, you are correct. Do that. And um Let's see what we have in front of us. So we definitely have some some good good platform updates coming in the next couple of months. We've got some great card organization stuff. If you haven't um, seen any of that, we have a recorded session of our office hours. If you go to nudgecoach.com slash office dash hours, you can check out some of those past recordings. Um, one of those starts with the title sneak peek. Jump into that one. You'll see some of those upcoming uh, card organization, program organization uh, updates we have coming that are really exciting. But um, other than that, I think that's probably about it for this week, unless you have any other magic words for everybody, Mac. That was it. Have a good weekend. God, he sounds great. All right, guys, we'll see you next time.